We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yes, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Deus. At Nick Deus 10 is where you can find me. At Veterans Minimum is where you can find everything for the show. YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're on TikTok. Ooh. You know, it might be dancing, grittying. Who knows? <laughs> Hopefully it's better than Chris, Christian Pulisic's grittying. It's, well, it's no, the that, one bad thing he, he does yeah, in life. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty rough. You know, that was probably like a 3.5 out of 10. But it won't be like Adam Schefter, that's for sure. Oh, the, the, the New York City in me will not have it go down like that. Oh, but no. Alan is in the building. Alan had a big announcement on social media. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Working with Odyssey. Yes, We're handling uh, content strategies for all working with entertainment, sports, news, web and app. It's, it's a very versatile role, which is how I like to keep it because of my background being writing, marketing, podcasting, copywriting. It's just everything that I'm passionate about. So um, I'm almost on my first week. A lot of software to learn, a lot of nitty-gritty stuff. So like, I don't have any big stories yet, but it's been absolutely fulfilling. And uh, thankfully for, with them, they've given me the freedom. I can still write for Espionation. I can still do the podcast. So it's pretty much everything I could ask for, I'm getting. So it, it's a beautiful time to be alive. Oh, man, absolutely. I'm so fucking happy for you. Uh, I love that. I know we, we've we spoke mm-hmm. uh, off the air and private about it. And, and um, yeah, you were one of well the first people to know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I felt uh, truly honored when yeah. you told me that. Yeah. But enough with this uh, make-out session yeah. that we're having right now. Let's get into some fun stuff. It's been uh, some interesting storylines in sports across the board last couple of days. Yep, the NFL still manages to stay relevant. Bro, the NFL can't go down. I told you, man, 12-month sport. Even in March, they're making all these headlines. I want to see what they could do in June. If they could do something in June, we'll see. But, uh, oh, man, they're like, let's think of a wrestling comparison. Like, I don't know, Undertaker, WrestleMania, like you think they're out and they just come back in? <laughs> like literally, they just rise up. Oh, yeah. sorry, what this, the? <laughs> he didn't rise up. Damn, Jerry. But uh, just every time you think, okay, I think every big story has happened. I think every major trade has happened. Bruce Arians. What? A coach retiring? Yeah. A month before the draft? Like, what do we make of that? Why? It, it's weird because... Brady's back, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, all reports are that they had a good relationship, right? Or am I missing something? There might have been a conflict here or there, especially remember they had that three-game losing streak in November, December in the 2020 season. Remember they like, got blown up by New Orleans, lost to Kansas City. I think there was a little, they were like 7-5, I believe. So maybe there was a little tension there. But I just think ultimately Bruce Arians is – he beats his own drum, and I think he's just kind of burnt out. Like he just mm. – he's – He's done it all as a coach, and I think he always wanted to transition to more an executive role. Remember, he took that year off. He was a commentator on CBS. That's right. And then uh, I guess Jason Light made him an offer he couldn't refuse because I just feel like Bruce Arians is just a very independent person. He looks out for his people, and 
he doesn't really care about outside noise. He just does what he does. He believes in his philosophy, and that's why he's had so much success. So uh, the timing was a surprise, but I think it was only a matter of time for Bruce Arians was going to step away from the sport because he is one of the more older head coaches. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, though, because I feel as if right now, Alan, only because it's hard to repeat, mm-hmm. like it's hard to go back-to-back. I know we saw the Chiefs recently go back-to-back Super Bowls, not win them both, yeah. but if the Rams didn't, if the Rams hadn't won the the Super Bowl last year, I probably would have said the Rams are my pick to win the Super Bowl this year, to win the NFC, yeah. excuse me. But I'm just throwing in that little wrinkle of it's hard for you to get back there. Mm-hmm. I feel like Tampa Bay is the team to beat in the NFC. Top to bottom, yeah. Right? So, like, to step away yeah. from that is kind of weird. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of who Bruce Barrens is as a human being. Like, mm. I think that's what it comes down to. And I know he wants to set the team up for success, and he sees two all coordinators that – our hot candidates probably should have been hired during this last cycle, but weren't. But I think he he looks at the Tampa Bay organization because who knows what could have happened to Bruce Arians after uh, he went to commentary after leaving Arizona. Like who would imagine he would have been in the position that he's in, coaching Tampa Bay and then getting Tom Brady? Yeah, he had to go through a year with Jameis Winston in the infamous thirty for thirty season. Uh, but uh, I think maybe he feels in his heart. And I don't want to speak for him, but just getting the opportunity to coach Tom Brady, win a Super Bowl after. All these years, now he kind of wants to give back to the organization and wants to put his coordinators in a success where they could be at coaches. And Todd Bowles is someone I think is so deserving. And it's great to see him back in a position that some people really didn't think was going to happen because I think you know, from other angle we could go into this that you know, he's now the fourth minority head coach in the league. And we don't see too many black coaches get a second opportunity, and especially the way he kind – I don't want to say he crashed, but – you know, when coaches get fired from the Jets, it's usually a big stigma. Yeah, I mean, but also yeah. it's the Jets. Right? I know, but it's hard to, like, shake that off. So you. I'm, I'm happy you. he shook it off. He, he's, he's done the work. And I just think Bruce Arians sees Leftwich. He sees Bulls, and he just wants to put him in the position to succeed. So I think this ultimately comes down to human element rather than him just wanting to achieve something once again. Yeah, the timing is fascinating. That's, that's a shocker. Yeah. Because the draft's a month away. And they just all the all the moves they made in the all season was just like we're doing it back again. Yeah, yeah. And you just had Brady come back too. Yeah. That's why I feel like. Do you think you know? I've heard some rumors and seen some people sort of fantasy book Brady to Miami. You see any truth to that? No. Nah, like, does this have anything to do or, or open up the door for that to happen? I think it's Tampa Bay, and that's it. Yeah, like, right. People mentioned San Francisco before, and I just think he he has such a good thing with Tampa Bay, and it's like why another thing is like why would you want to leave Tampa Bay? The team is stacked. And we know about the weaker conference, too. You're in a division where you're literally coasting to the division title. Like, I just, I know Brady's ultra competitor, but I just don't see at his age. Like, he's like, going. he's the longest tenured quarterback in that division now. Yeah, man. <laughs> and, and, Matt, and, and, and Matt Rule is the longest tenured head coach. Oh, and, and, my and we'll, we'll see what changes that come November, but. Yo, have we had a chance to talk about Matt Ryan going to the Colts? Oh, man. No, we have not. Uh, oh man! Yeah. So what? Are the, what is Atlanta doing at quarterback? They'll either draft a rookie in the first, second round. He'll compete with Marcus Mariota. Mariota will probably start by October. He'll either get benched or get injured. And I don't mean to say that in a negative way. Just it's, I mean uh, that's all we know. Mariota right? is that's... very injury prone. The offensive line's in shambles, so it's just it's a bad recipe. So look, salute to Matt Ryan. I think he went out with class. Which was to be expected, even though he had every right to just tell the organization to go, you know where, after how they handled the whole this was situation. But it's just wow. Like Matt Ryan was my like since sophomore year of high school. That was the quarterback. that was your QB, right? Yeah, and it's ironic that uh, like a few hours ago, I don't expect anyone to really know who he is, but like Dean Marlowe just signed with the Falcons, and Dean Marlowe actually sat next to in my sophomore year in Spanish class. We went, to, we went to Holy Cross. No shit. Yeah, so Dean Marlowe's been in the league for like six, seven years. He's a strong safety. He's played for like Buffalo, Detroit, Carolina. The Falcons literally just signed him a few hours ago, recording this Thursday night. And just crazy. He's like, damn, my sophomore year. He would always make fun of me. He's like, how are you a Falcons fan? Like, what are the fuck? <laughs> He's like, Michael Vick's in jail. Bob Vitrito, he did that. Like, who's the quarterback? I'm like, Matt Ryan's the quarterback. He's like, they're not going to go anywhere. Come November, they're in like a playoff run. Hi, I see you. So yeah, like we used to sit next to each other in class, and now he's on the Falcons. And yeah, I gotta try to get that interview. Oh man, that's <laughs> hilarious, dude. 
That's so funny. Yeah. That's so funny. Trashing the team and then you're <laughs> signing with them. That's great. 14 years later. So who oh. would talk it? So yeah. Uh, as for Matt Ryan, I think they're in a good position. I do think they're the favorites in the AFC South, though, and I think they could win a playoff game or two. But we know how good the AFC is, mm. and the Colts still have Colts desperately need some receivers. Oh know. yeah, yeah. Take oh. a Julio, by the way. I'm, I'm I'm buying all the merchandise. Like Bro, you got to get Julio. Come on, <laughs> if, son. If, if the Colts get Julio, like look, Pat McAfee's making the pitch already. So yeah. And and by the way, Pat McAfee, Matt Ryan. If you have time for Aaron Rodgers, have time for Matt Ryan. Do a 15 minute spot. That's all I ask. <laughs> yeah. Yo, look, there's been. The last couple of years, we've seen quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks, go to new teams, and they've had a lot of success. Mm-hmm. And if you're Matt Ryan, you're going into a situation that you haven't had in Atlanta for a little bit. Best all line he's played with in years. Might be the best defense he's ever. Best you know, running back he's played with? I know Turner's your guy, but come on. To be fair, Jonathan Taylor has led the league in rushing, so yeah. fair, enough, fair enough, fair enough. You know, But we'll see, like. You know, they they got they desperately need some receivers outside Pittman's looking pretty bleak right now. And also they have a coach that I feel as if he elevates yes, all his teams. Absolutely. Like he's a yo, he's a guy that if he gets a Lombardi trophy, we'll be talking about him mm-hmm. completely different. People really think he's he was the brainchild behind the Eagles success. You know, their offense was never the same once he left. Yeah. And then I think he got everything he could have got out of Phil Rivers and damn, I think he could have got everything out of course at once. Yeah. You know, so by the way, did you see Jeremy Ursay's comments? Yeah, about the Jaguars, right? You're talking about that? Yeah, also about Carson Wentz. Like, why no, did he no. basically just said it was time to move forward? And if you'll move forward in life, you're, waste, you're wasting time. <sighs> yeah. Listen, man, you know what they should do? I've been telling you this for years. Look, if there's a checkbook, uh-huh. open it up. Hey, Andrew, what are you, how, many, how many zeros do you want? Dude, he weighs like 190 pounds now. Like, did, how many you, zeros? did you see him at RG3 at the national title game? Listen, uh, one one to five percent. How much of the Colts do you want? Let's come on. We finally have a team for you, dude. That's long gone, unfortunately. Look, <laughs> I, I would I would love to see Andrew Luck back for a number numerous reasons, but to see your reaction would be among top list because you oh, you would lose your mind. Yo, that's the first that's the first athlete mm-hmm. I saw in college that I got behind and like turned out to be something. Yeah. Like I was actually watching Stanford games cuz they'd play Saturday night at 10:30 Eastern time. Oh, you know me, man, yeah. grade A degenerate yeah, I had to yeah. put some bets in. But he oh man, it's just, hard to follow the Pac-12. Yeah, man. Yeah. But I have a I, I kind of like that conference. Like growing up, you had the U- USC teams of course, yeah. with like Reggie Bush and Oregon. then and then you had like Oregon with yeah. all the jerseys, but then I loved Mariota. I mm-hmm. bet him to win the Heisman mm-hmm. that year that he won it and then Justin Herbert now. So like yeah. I kind of follow some some Pac-12 okay. and I have no ties to it at yeah. all, but just They produce great talent. They do. Yeah, they absolutely do. Uh what else do we have on the menu? I know we got a lot of stuff. Oh, Rams somehow spending money. Yeah, the, I have Wagner to the Rams, bro. What is happening? How does that happen? I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know is what it, they're is doing it financially. LA, like the Dodgers just spend all this money on on players and shit. I know there's no salary cap there, but yo, how? Because every year you hear like all oh, the Rams are gonna be under the cap, and it's like they just spent on Allen Robinson. I spent on buy what I think they got like two, and they're expecting um, to give an extension to Donald too. Like and you just paid you just paid what's his name uh Stafford yeah I, oh, I want to know what what, Le, what is doing I don't know what operation fuck them picks there. man <laughs> I mean that that's your brand <laughs> but hey I think it's a hell of a signing I know some people will say oh Bobby Wagner it's getting a little up there in age but still like the Rams desperately need a linebacker that was the one position you watched them last year and we're just like okay this is a problem and now you're getting a surefire tackler a bonafide leader like to me okay they play different positions uh him and obviously. Von Miller is an edge rusher, but like in terms of that leadership ability, because Aaron Donald, he's not the most vocal guy, and Jalen Ramsey, uh, I'm not gonna. He, but everyone respects Jalen Ramsey, but he's someone that could get rattled a little bit. We know how emotional he gets. He's vocal to other players. Yeah, not he's not like a. a, a I wouldn't say a leader. I don't think Jalen Ramsey is the most quintessential leader. I think he's someone that could get a bit emotional at times. I just think Bobby Wagner is like your prototypical guy you could just go to. Yeah. And he's like, he could be the voice of the locker room. I don't think Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey fit that mold as being the voice of the locker room. So bringing someone like Bobby Wagner, and I think it's just massive. And, you know, it is a five-year deal, which I was a little surprised about, given that I think he's right 30 years old. But I just think for the Rams to make that move already, it's, I think it's a huge statement. And I think it puts them right up there again. Because mm-hmm. to me, like, NFC, there's four teams to be taken seriously. And one of those teams is borderlining right now in Green Bay. But... I just think. So what are the four? If 
Is Green Bay in the four? Yeah, I'll put oh, Green Bay in the okay. four. Okay, I thought you meant they're teetering though. All right, yeah. so I thought they were like on the outside looking in. No. Okay, my my mistake. Because you have you have obviously San Fran, you have LA, you have Tampa, and, and Green Bay. Bay. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with you. Yeah, yeah and I and, have, and for those of you saying Dallas, no, no fuck that. Until no. proven otherwise, they're a first round I, bounce. I need a new head coach first. But, yeah, but, but also we just know like they have so much talent. We get it, but yeah. they they're just it's the same it, shit with that, them. That Maybe playoff yeah. game was just I I need time away. They <laughs> totally, but uh. No, I think it's a huge move for the Rebs. It solidifies their defense even further, and just, just like wow. And you take like even though Seattle, they know they're completely. I was going to mention still, that like, you, you, got, you take away from a division foe. Mm-hmm. That's twice a year now. You don't got to worry about Bobby yeah. Wagner. And you're going now in division with Kyler and most likely Trey Lance, like quarterbacks that are multi-dimensional. So mm-hmm. to have a linebacker in there, just keep things organized, and just having a surefire tackler. So we've seen so many teams have bad tackling, and by Wagner, he, him and Luke Keekley are, are like the the faces of how to be a consistent open field tackler. Yeah, nah, they, he's been, I think he's made just one less all-pro team than uh, Aaron Donald. Wow. And he's been just a constant, just pro and just stable too. Like, yeah. he never really missed time. No. And I think he's going to be more rejuvenated now because I think those last few years in Seattle were rough. I could think, I just think a lot of the players there between Russ, Wagner, um, maybe even Tyler Lockett because I do have a sneaky suspicion that if not Metcalf, I think Tyler Lockett will go to Green Bay. I think Green Bay is going to go all in on one of those two Seattle receivers. Interesting. Because I think they just know they have. Is this just a gut thing? or No, you... I just think they ha- They know they have to get somebody in. Okay, Devontae Adams can't be replaced, but they have to get someone that's credible. That could be you also one. lose MVS, too. He's replaceable, but I understand I get the that, chemistry but, with Rodgers. Chemistry with Rodgers, and also now yeah. you're down two receivers. Right, so what do you I, have there? Totally Alan Lazard, so you have to get yeah. someone. And I just think they they got to get someone that is a proven 1,000-yard receiver, and Metcalf and Lockett fit that bill, and Seattle's in, I think, total rebuild mode. So I think they could go all in. And plus, they have draft capital. So, mm. yeah. Nah, yeah, Green Bay definitely needs to do something at wide receiver. Because even, even if MVS don't do it for you, and look, he don't do it for me, mm-hmm. but now you're you're – it, it's similar to the thing I always say, like sports betters, they use that term cluster injuries, yeah. right? In this situation, it's like cluster free agency. You just lost your two top receivers, yeah. right? So you got to replace that right. somehow. But another thing is also, and this isn't just for Rogers State, but you just need firepower. Like we talk about the three NFC teams. San Fran has that trio. Tampa Bay, I'm sure they'll get a third receiver somewhere, but now you assume Gronk's coming back. And with that, well, I mean, the third receiver is going to be Godwin when he comes back because they get oh, Russell, yeah, Russell Gage. Yeah, your boy. Russell, oh, come man. on, man. It's been a long day. Third so. down <laughs> general. Right so, yeah, there. the Bucks are loaded, and we already know how the Rams are loaded. So, yeah. like, to me, the Packers, at this point, especially after the playoff game, it's like we can't score seven points again or 10, mm-hmm. whatever it was. Like, at this point, it's just like we desperate. And, like, yeah, we got the great one two punch at running back, but. Mm. You don't like Jones and Dylan. No, I do. I, I yeah, love them two yeah. together. But I'm saying like you, no, you, you need you need firepower to receive. Yeah, position. you have so, to. So that's Yo, why the I, new NFL you gotta have yeah. even if your running back comes out the backfield mm-hmm. and he's amazing, great. Dope as hell. But you still need firepower on the outside because that'll open up a lot of other shit for you also. Exactly. So I think Green Bay and I think they're gonna have to move a little promptly because another team in Kansas City is gonna be on the move too. I think we, I I can't see Locke and Metcalf be on Seattle this year together. One of them I think will leave. I think it's just a matter of Green Bay and Kansas City. You know how are they going to use these uh, draft picks as assets after the monster trades they've made? Hmm. I like it. I like it. I think, and I've been hearing talking to some beat writers that draft day might be interesting. Might be some draft day trades. Why is it not interesting? Yeah. Right, but like this year, more logical because mm-hmm. you know you got the Jets with all those draft picks, you got Philly with all those draft right. picks, even the Giants with those draft picks yeah. too. That there might be a big splash in I the just market. Wonder who's still out there? Well, I I think if you look at some of those teams that are going through rebuilds, mm-hmm. like a Seattle, mm-hmm. you might be able to. Yeah, Metcalf and Lockett. So players. like Metcalf going for like, yo, if you're the Jets, mm-hmm. right? They got four? Yeah, they have the fourth pick because they pick right before the Giants right. at five. You wouldn't give up a top four pick for Metcalf? And you'd probably have to give something else also, I would say. My thing is Joe Douglas didn't want to give a first-round pick for Tyree Kill, so what makes you think he's going to want to give up a first-round pick for DK Metcalf? If he want to pull the trigger on Tyree Kill, I can't see him pulling the trigger on DK Metcalf. Well, I think... You got to look at his philosophy. Yeah, it, it, but Tyreek ultimately, he even said it in his presser that... I was going to pick Miami anyway. Okay. 
And I'm pretty sure the because I talked about it on the last pod with with Dom, who's a huge Jets fan, how the deals were awfully similar between Miami and the Jets. It's just that it was a preference for yeah, Tyreek Hill. I, what, from what I saw, they weren't trading a first round pick. Yeah, that's what I I read about. They weren't like the tenth pick because I think the Jets their second pick is the tenth. Yeah, pick. they weren't giving that for Tyreek Hill, which I guess is kind of understandable. But then again, it's like. I don't know. He's Terry Kills, Terry Kills. So yeah, I, know, I I just I, I just feel like the Jets they see like Joe Douglas seems like someone that's very hesitant. I think mm. he wants to build through the draft. I don't see him making blockbuster trades. Even though, dude, you're in the AFC. Like you have like looking at the AFC now. Besides the Jaguars, the Texans, and the Jets, I think every team you can make a case could make the playoffs. Yeah, like you have to put Miami in there at this point, regardless how you feel about Tua. Miami has a talent where they could get a seven seed. Say we want about Pittsburgh. You know Pittsburgh's gonna bring it, so I just think, and we know how good the teams are in the North and the West. So those are the two teams that came to mind when I was thinking of like uh, Miami and Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'd probably have to. Put they them still in have there. enough talent where it's just right. like, okay, you gotta like they have players that could totally change a game. Yeah, what's crazy about like the AFC West? You you get Tyreek Hill out the d- division, and that's something I definitely want to talk to you about more in depth because mm-hmm. like more information comes out, and you know how I feel. It's been a stance I've had for a long, long time now. The wide receiver, when they leave in free agency or via trade and they go somewhere else and the drop-off in quarterback, those receivers always struggle. I mean, the history of it is just you go back to like Vincent Jackson when he left Phillip Rivers. You look at Greg Jennings, most famously, Mike Wallace leaving. You don't bring the quarterback that made you that star the same way. Now, Emmanuel Sanders leaves Pittsburgh, goes to Denver, mm-hmm. Peyton Manning's there. That's a different story, mm-hmm. right? You're still going to an elite guy mm-hmm. where I don't think Adams is going to beat Devontae as far as like the chemistry-wise with Derek Carr, but he might because they have chemistry going back to college, mm-hmm. and also Derek Carr is not a bum. Like I think yeah. Derek Carr is a top-12 quarterback in the league. Yeah. And I also... Like you want to look at supporting guests. I can't remember less than Devontae Adams has had two legit game changers around. Yeah. Say we want, look, man, Hunter Renfro's a game changer. Bro, You're Hunter Renfro, the, the, the go. And we know Darren Wall is a top five tight end. So yeah. I don't like I think Adams like look, he probably will safeties will go towards his direction, but eventually it's like he's gonna get openings. So I, I think Adams being in that position, like, okay, he might not have like hundred and twenty catches, but he's still gonna be as dynamic as ever. So the drop off when these quarterbacks don't leave with you in free agency, you see a dip in production. Now, the dip might be if you're a 1,500-yard receiver, you probably become a 1,300-yard receiver, but maybe your touchdowns are down, or maybe you have 15, 20 less catches, but there's always just a drop. I mean, you saw it with Odell when he left Eli. His numbers went down. It just happens. The history of the league, when you leave, it just happens. And I'm worried about that with Tyreek Hill. I think is it is it possible mm-hmm. Kansas City knows what it's doing. I think Andy Reid's always been someone that doesn't always have the highest value receivers. He feels like with his philosophy, System. yeah, he he could bring players in like he doesn't have to break the bank for a receiver pretty much. So I think uh that's and I there seemed to be tension there. Like I saw at least twice last year, if not more, Terry Hill had some sideline outbursts. And it just seemed like there's sometimes in games he would be fading away. Like he wouldn't be getting the ball as much. Like AFC Championship, great first half. I don't know what happened second. I know Mahomes got the jitters, but it just seemed like Tyreek Hill was a total not factor. So I wasn't totally surprised by the trade. Um, but from a Miami standpoint, look, his numbers will go down, but I still think Tyreek Hill is the most terrifying receiver in the league. Oh, just, easily. Just, just from a threat standpoint. Like you have to accommodate him for him on every down because he just has the speed that could take a top off a of defense. And I love the pairing with Waddle because, as we saw with Waddle, hell of a possession receiver. He can eat in those short to intermediate areas. You know, Tiger Hill's going to take two defenders with them when he goes deep. So I think it opens up nicely. Now, I think his, obviously his numbers will go down because to his, his, his deep accuracy is just not there. Right. But, you know, I don't think just because his numbers are down, I don't think that's a, the best way to judge his performance. Like, he could still have like 1,100 yards, but still be as dangerous as ever. It's mm. just. You know, Waddle will get a lot of targets, and you just know those 60-yard plays aren't going to be there because Tua is Tua. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, he's he's getting, I don't want to say up there in age, but I believe he's 28 or 29, Tyreek Hill. Thick of his prime. Yeah. yeah. 
And he is a receiver who we got to wait and see what happens if he loses a step. Because those are not the... I feel like Devontae Adams still has another five prime years left because he's not a 4-2 guy. I don't know what his 40 is, but he never struck me as like a burner. Just sensational route running, route running yeah. that gets you open. And he knows I use his frame to make a touchdown. Yeah, matches. so I think yeah. he's going to be like... I would much rather have Devontae Adams than Tyreek Hill. Oh, yeah. Just because Tyreek Hill is the most terrifying receiver, it's just pure love speed, but... The best receiver leaves Devontae Adams. Right. Um, there's not discussion. There. So I feel like Devontae, his numbers won't drop because he's still, yeah, he's leaving the better quarterback, but he's going to a quarterback that is better than Tua. Yeah. And he could do it all. Yeah. yeah. So Kansas City, they replace Tyreek with MVS, top off the defense kind of guy, mm-hmm. and you get Juju in. It's been kind of quiet for Juju the last couple of years, but I'm not ready to sell all my stock on Juju. I think he could still be very productive. And I like that it's a one-year deal. Maybe he goes out there and contract year, mm-hmm. wants to prove himself. And he, a lot of his contract is incentive-based, yeah. which I also like from a fan perspective. I don't like it so much for the player mm-hmm. when it's incentive-based, yeah. unless it all works out for you. Mm-hmm. But from a fan standpoint, like I want that guy who's in a contract year or the bet-on-himself kind of contracts. Because yeah. I know that you're going to be more fired up yeah. to perform, so you get the bag. I just wonder if Juju at this point just a slot receiver who just catches 8 to 10 yard hitches, and I just wonder if he's just a pure possession receiver at this point. Mm. Like, I, don't, I don't think he... Look, now he's playing with Mahomes, huge, obviously, upgrade for Roethlisberger, but I just wonder, like, can he be that complete number one receiver that we thought he could be back in 2019? 2019 is a long time at this point. So I just wonder, like, who is who is he at this point? It, can he be someone that isn't just a pure slot receiver? Or maybe he could get back to his days back in 2018 where he had, like, 1,300 yards. And I know, look, he was playing with AB, but still, like, he was making huge plays week in, week out back then. So, um, yeah, Kansas City's, like, realigning things. I think they're absolutely going to draft a receiver at some point in the early rounds. And... Or they could potentially trade for Metcalf or Lockett. You know, I think one of those two could Metcalf going there would be sick. Dude, that'd be dude, him and Kelsey just bodying people left and right. Holy hell. Yeah. And yo, I feel like Juju is a guy that uses his body well too. Yeah, it's just the thing is he just like the last few years, like and I know the whole Roethlisberger thing, like Roethlisberger does not throw a ball that field, but like Juju's average like think like nine yards per catch the yeah. past two years. Like it just seems like he's a possession guy at this point, but he might prove everyone wrong. Who knows? But it's just I'm I'm worried of my expectations for him. I think he's in a perfect offense where he could flourish. Like you know, Andy Reid and Eric Benemy are gonna put him in a position to succeed. It's just I wonder if he could actually be somewhat of a vertical threat rather than just be a pure possession receiver. Move, you know, that move the chains kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, it's gonna yeah. it's gonna be fun, man. Can I quickly just go back to Miami? Because I do want to yeah, make one point about, about Tyreek Hill and where I think could benefit him going there so the last four years san francisco has led the league in yak and which is not surprising because we talk about debo kill these are yak monsters i the last two years yeah but we're talking four years and part of when it comes to yards after catches like you still have to put these players in a position to mm. you know get those yards and mike mcdaniel played a significant role there in San Francisco with Kyle Shannon. So I'm thinking with Mike McDaniel's knowledge of being able to get the players ball where they could get 8 to 10 yards after catch, maybe that could greatly benefit Tyreek Hill because we know Jalen Wall, what he could do after a catch. Yeah. So now... Well, I, that's how I expect them to use him. Yeah. Similar to like Debo Samuel. Right. Where they just... It doesn't need to be 8 catches. It needs to be 8 to 12 touches minimum right. a game. Right. And the rounds in yeah. the backfield, because Kansas City would put him in the backfield too. Exactly. A lot of times use him like a decoy, but yeah. he's a guy that's super yeah. versatile too. So I, that's why I think that's one of the biggest benefits of this trade, at least for Tiger Kill. It's like, okay, the 60-yard plays are probably going to be gone, but at least he has an offensive play caller. It's like, okay, he knows that get the ball in his playmaker's hands and put him in positions where they could do something after a catch or use him in the backfield. So I think that's one thing people can be excited about when it comes to Tiger Kill going there. Because I can understand why, especially from a fan's perspective, I was like, oh, man, Tiger Kill, he's going from Pat Mahomes to Tua. This is like the one of the worst downgrades ever. But at least, A, he's got Wild, who's he's going to command attention, and then you have an offensive play caller that knows how to utilize playmakers. So those are some of the benefits. Nah, that's a really strong point you just made, and that's true. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that you realize, and you saw it more in the playoffs, you saw San Fran do it, mm-hmm. 
You saw you saw the Rams do it on fourth and one. Got to just get the ball in your playmakers' hands. Yeah. Let them make plays, man. Do misdirection and watch them what they do in the open field. It, it sometimes it's that simple. <laughs> like Debo literally changed games doing it. Like Debo, you just get the ball in his hands, open field. All it takes is a block or two. Your best players just get the ball in their hands. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's an end around, if it's that little short little yeah. pitch, pitch that yeah. I hate. Uh-huh. I hate I when somehow I'm, counts as a forward pass. I hate it. Not. I hate it when I'm playing them in fantasy and they do that. But when it's for me, I love it. Pat Mahomes gets at least four a year. Easily four. Because with Kelsey. Yeah. yeah. It's either the, the, the shovel forward or that little the Think, flick yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah. Before we continue, Alan, Patreon roll call. Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Derek Platees, Devin Rendon, Jordan Riley, and Mike Wozniak, and Ryan Pisner for the month of March. Thank you for your contributions to the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. Get in the Discord. Get episodes early as best we can. Starting in April, going to be getting exclusive exclusive weekly podcast episodes that are just going to be airing on there and going to be releasing an episode tomorrow for all the members of the patreon just to give you guys some behind the scenes of some stuff and would love the feedback hear from you guys who give money to the show on a monthly basis some of the ideas that i have and also just doing a little uh catching up on some stuff that has been going down so you guys are on the same page as us patreon.com slash veterans minimum the NFL changed the overtime rules. Been a long time coming. It's the only logical solution. Has to be, yeah. There isn't any better way to do it. The only other way you could go is the college route, and that is a super polarizing topic. Mm-hmm. People, Some people love college mm-hmm. overtime. Some people hate it. Mm-hmm. Where, where are you in that camp? I, I do enjoy it. Right? Yeah. It's a little, it's uh, different. Yeah. So you like different. I, I, I like the creativity behind it. And I mm-hmm. still feel like it is still, you really have to earn it. Right. That's, that's the thing. And that's always the biggest issue with the NFL. It's just like, wow, the offense really can't touch the ball because of their defense. Yeah. Like I look, I and I'm pro defense. I want defense to have to earn it. But at the same time, it's like you're re- like Josh Allen really got punished after playing the game of his life. Like that, to me, that was the biggest moment. Just like, we can't keep doing this, man. Like things just have to change. Like, look, yeah, defense is out there, but like, like Josh Allen need that ball there. Like, come on, he so, did. Yeah. No, absolutely, and yeah. that's something that we talked about, and we'll continue yeah. to talk about for for many years and, to come. And I, and I think that that NFL really had to recognize that because that is probably one of the greatest games in NFL history. But it'll it'll always have a bit of a sour taste in people's mouths, right? Yeah. Well, think about this. Also, anytime there's been a rule change, it always happened because of a playoff game, the catch. The pass interference. Don't bring up the same fans. Right. <laughs> and then now you had that on a grand scale right. where some shit yeah. a lot of people didn't like. Because I remember after that game, just a couple of my buddies were just saying, man, no one's even going to remember that game from Josh Allen. I'm like, they should. You got to be really ignorant. Not Bro, to what about Gabriel Davis? Four touchdowns, 200 yards? Yeah. <laughs> what? So to me, it's just like because of a very flawed rule, some of this will be forgotten about, which is just it's unacceptable. So I'm glad now. We finally are in a position where you know it's just it's the even playing field. Since the NFL adapted the new rules of overtime about like say ten years ago, eleven and two are the teams that win the coin toss. Mm-hmm. And eight of those wins, the team that won the coin toss scored first and won the game. It's not fair yeah. to the other team. Yeah. And it's funny because the Chiefs have been on both sides right. several times. Mm-hmm. But I saw people complaining about this too because now the game can end on a field goal after, mm-hmm. right? Chiefs I mean, get the ball, they score a touchdown. Yeah. Bills get the ball, they score a touchdown. I mean, what's wrong with that? That's fine. Yeah, did, did, defense can't get two stops then it is what it is that's yeah. that's the only logical yeah. way so people that are butthurt about it and hate on it it's like what yeah it's what never good enough yeah no what what more can you do at that point like your, your defense you has do. to do something but yeah. bro there's nothing better that the nfl could do that's right. the only logical thing yeah and it's something where yo go for two yeah right chiefs get the ball they score a touchdown they kick the extra point you, you're buffalo you scored a touchdown there and you have all the momentum 
fuck? Yeah, why not? Yeah, you have no trust in your defense, but screw it. Like, if, if that's the way it is, like, hey, I can see like a John Harbaugh doing that. Why wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah. And if you have an elite guy, why not go for two there? Mm. Brad, uh, Brad, uh, Brandon Staley's going to go for You know, he's going for two. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> I think Brandon Staley, he, he learned he's, his lesson, he's, right? he's got a lot of reflection to this yeah. whole season. Even though, hey, his organization is doing some great work. They absolutely yeah. are. <laughs> As it's banging on the bottom of the table, baby. Go Chargers, yeah. go. But, yo, what more can you do? If you're the NFL, there's, it's nah, literally. They, they did it. They did it. And it's the saying I always say, like, yo, it's never good enough. I mean, you just have to. Ex- uh, now the you, game ends on the field. You like, got to think logically, like, come on, like, congrats. One more. Like, like, what do you really expect from the game? Like, the game can't go on and on and on. Like, it's the fairest way. Yeah. And also to, to add more context to this, the game goes into overtime. It's probably a pick em. Mm-hmm. But this is before the coin toss, right? Because you don't know, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's a 50 50 proposition. Right. We flip the coin, you call heads, I call tails, it lands on tails. Mm-hmm. I'm probably minus 150 from a betting perspective. Mm-hmm. So it's not a fair, it's not a 50-50 right. thing. So the moment that the coin toss is decided, the edge significantly shifts in your favor as a winning team. Wow. So this is the only way. You go out there, you're on defense. Uh, your defense gets a stop, dope. Oh. Kick the field, who cares? Yeah. They did their they did their part. That's like it's it. fine. Like what the Bengals did. They yeah. got the interception. They go down. They kick the field goal. But to have the game end like that, it's just mm-hmm. it's just awful. And I'm so happy that they did it like yeah. this. This is probably my favorite rule change of all the rule changes. Even though I was pro, like yo, pass interference should be challengeable. That year that they did it, I think it was 2019. Only like, yeah, I think it was only like seven got overturned it, it, it was a complete mess i'll never forget it was a texans ravens game where watson threw i think it was like a, like a deep post to hopkins hopkins got tackled literally two seconds before the ball arrived and it didn't even matter and and they challenged it and it still wasn't pi like it was one of the worst misses i've ever seen like hopkins is literally waiting for the ball i think marlon humphrey like literally just grabbed him no call they reviewed it still no call it's like all right this is a waste of time and it just got to a point where I think it was like 90% of the pass interferences that got challenged yeah. stayed the same. So, yeah. it's, so what are we doing? Yeah. Look, Saints fans, sorry. You know, your lawsuit, it just it didn't go for it. And also, pass interference is, is subjective, right? Like, you might be a referee that allows more contact than the others. So, when you're looking at the replay... Some of it is, is blatant, though. Like, But I, I get sometimes like, we saw in the playoffs, like... The Bengals got really physical, like particularly, I want to say it was Mike Hilton on like Tyree Kill on a few plays. Well, even in the Super Bowl, remember T. Higgins, literally offensive. Yeah. Completely just like face mask Jalen Ramsey on that. It does change a little bit of playoffs, which isn't right at all. But But I love that call because I had T. Higgins over 100 yards and, you know, we locked that in. The general life. But, uh, (laughs) but, no, I I do get with you when it comes to like some some moments where it's like, okay, it is subjective. But in reality, like we got to try to be as objective as we can when it comes to it. But it's hard. Not everything's always going to be right. But you can't miss the blatant ones. That's the thing. Nah, but I'm happy with it, man. And if you're complaining about the overtime, like it's just like, yo, mm-hmm. you just you just gotta like find some new interest or something, right? Like you just gotta you're just gonna be upset about that. You're gonna be angry about yeah. that when there's nothing better that they could do. It's, I mean, there's a major sporting event that's gonna be happening in November you could get into. Yo, and, yo. And a certain country's back in the limelight. <laughs> Salute the flag, <laughs> bitches. Let's go. We're yeah. back, baby. The stars and stripes are back. Pot two as well. Pot two. So they're in a the United States of America in a prime position, despite not qualifying four years ago. They're in a position. They're in the same pot with Germany, Netherlands, with which I'm looking forward to saying for the remaining months. Previous World Cup finalist Croatia. Uh, they're in the same pot, USA, with these European powerhouses. You also have Uruguay in there, Mexico, ready to lose in the round sixteen for the up team time. It's it's, it's, <laughs> it's it, America's in it. Yo, listen, man. I couldn't believe when I saw the the pots. How big that is. Now, yeah. for those that don't understand, there's pot one, two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. And depending on how you're qualifying, when and where you're ranked, and all that stuff, that's the pot that you were put into. Yeah. The United States, chances are, bro, they're not gonna have no group of death. They're not gonna be put into a group of death. No, like they can have a difficult group, but. 
it it would be very hard to be in a group of death. They they will be favored to advance. Yeah, because you're in pot two. You're in, because you're in pot two. Now, if you were in pot three, that's pot. you probably play a Uruguay and a Brazil yeah. or a Belgium, Germany, yeah. a, a France, Netherlands, and, and Netherlands, yeah. right? So this is a massive win yeah, right off huge. the bat. Yeah. This is a good ass win, mm-hmm. and. Pot three, you got teams like Senegal, Iran, Japan, Morocco, Serbia, Poland, South Korea, Tunisia. There's a few threats, but obviously nothing you'd be fearful of. You would sign up for that shit, yeah, right? Absolutely. So like Qatar is in pot one. Yeah, that's that's the one where it's like you hope they draw, even though you even though you have to be a little cautious just because they are the host and we've seen things with the host in the past. Bro, in comparisons to Brazil, Belgium, France, Argentina, yeah, no, you England, take that Spain, in Portugal. Yeah. Give me fucking Qatar <laughs> going in there, planting the flag in that bitch. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yo, US. dream scenario. You get Qatar, USA, uh, Iran, Iran, and then like Ecuador. Whatever. Give me Ecuador. That's fine. Hey, Ecuador. You can't have it all, right? I know. I'm just saying Ecuador came in third in South, third America, in South America. I mean, America. That's, that's no easy feat. Like, they did better than Uruguay, Peru. Clum- By the way, Colombia's not even in it. Like, Peru Colombia's didn't even they even get a playoff spot. That's crazy. Yeah, salute, and, to, my, salute to my Peruvians, man. That's my second team I right there. I saw you in the bar. Yeah, was, uh, yeah but crazy. one of my best friends is Peruvian. And, like, I'm, I've am i watched the last few Peruvian qualifiers. Dude, there are, like, 150 people inside Legends, all Peruvian. I don't know how this happened, but, my God, what a beautiful scene. And the past two years, this is the second straight time now they've came in fifth place. And that's a huge achievement because mm-hmm. South America is brutal. Other than Bolivia, Venezuela... There's really no pushovers. So, like, Chile's not in it either. So, uh, they still have to... Peru has to play either the uh, United Arab Emirates or Australia. Australia, By way, yeah. Australia, worst team in, like, 30 years. Even though my mom was born in Australia, I don't think we need wants to watch Australia <laughs> national stage. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's there's some like there's still some things to be figured out. Like, I think one of the cooler ones in Pop 4, it's going to be decided either Wales, Scotland, or Ukraine. I think all three countries. Obviously, Ukraine would be a huge story. But Wales as well, they haven't qualified in over 50 years. Uh, Scotland hasn't been a long, I think in over 25 years. So that's a cool thing to look forward to. So even, wait, Scotland was, oh, in the Euro Cup. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah but right. World Cup, I don't think yeah, they've been yeah, since 98. Yeah. So there's still some cool things that need to be figured out come uh, June, which will be that. But, you know, the draw is tomorrow. And Yeah, by the time you guys hear this, you'll probably know what yeah, the draw is. Yeah. And definitely follow us on social media. You'll be hearing yeah. some of our thoughts. Yeah. And I have a video prepared. Right. Uh, there's one thing I want to say with the USA. Yeah, I want you to talk a little bit more yeah. USA because this is a big deal. This is massive. And hindsight is twenty twenty. And it's easier to say now. But I think them missing the World Cup in 2018 might have been the best thing to happen to this to Short, this country. Short-term failure, long-term success. Yeah, yeah, because they came in and they said, nope, mm-hmm. you play in the MLS? We're not having that. Mm-hmm. Not when we got kids and their kids. Yeah. Our oldest player is like the goalie, and he's like 24. Uh-huh. Like in, in the grand scheme of things, this is a young roster. He just went to Arsenal, correct? he just went to Arsenal Turner just went to Arsenal you got Stefan plays on Man City Mm -hmm. doesn't get a lot of burn usually plays like the Brentford I I wonder when he's gonna eventually leave I think he ends up leaving going somewhere else and then Horvath plays in Germany I believe he played um that's the Gold Cup here, all right? Yeah, yeah, we saved the penalty. Dude, game. dude he's an icon. Regard, I, yeah. I don't care what you say. It was, it was USA Mexico in a competitive game, and he, that moment, he he lives in turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and he came in as a sub too because yeah. he totally got hurt. So here's the thing, right? The reason why I say that it was the best thing to happen to them is because look, no disrespect to the MLS, as I'm about to disrespect them. Mm. If you're playing in La Liga and you're playing in the well, Bundesliga, yeah. Serie A, you're playing for Chelsea, mm-hmm. and you are. You are standing out in those games. They just played Lille mm-hmm. in Champions League. He was the best player for yeah. Chelsea. You're talking about Champions League. You're talking mm-hmm. about Chelsea, bro. It's not some slap dick no, team. No, you're talking about the, the, literally the Champions League The Champions League, League winner. Yeah. winner, right? Yeah. And, and that team has so and many he attackers. Wears, it's hard to get in that team. Yeah, and he wears the number 10. Yeah. And he's had issues, Polisius, that is, mm-hmm. with some injuries. Mm-hmm. But the moment he comes back, back in the 11. And if not... You're coming in in the 60th minute yeah. off injury, and the next game you're starting. Exactly. So you got guys playing in Europe mm-hmm. on big clubs. Yo, mm-hmm. Gio Reyna, mm-hmm. I, they tied Mexico, but there was one play, and it was in Azteca, where Maradona scored that infamous goal. Uh-huh. Bro, he passes like seven defenders on the Mexican team. And he's only, what, 19? He's 19 years old. <sighs> My pop says, and I got the co-sign from him too, the best player on USA is him. Like, he's wow. the most important player for USA. Yeah. That kid has... 
like he could play on Barcelona mm-hmm. one day. Like he's that yeah, yeah, yeah. he's that right. good, man. I want I do want to ask you a question though. Okay, excluding Qatar though, if you if you could just have a fun pot one out of all those teams, you just have a fun matchup with them. Who would you pick? It might surprise you. Spain. They're vulnerable. And Spain. I know you're anti you're big anti Spain. Fucking can't stand Spain, bro. That that <laughs> 750 passes before we take a shot on goal. You just want to see Morata miss a penalty in like five chances. That's what you want to see. But I like because Spain also is going through a little bit of a resurgence as far as they got a lot of young guys I mean, playing They made too. the semifinals. Like you have to, right, right yeah. but they got like Pedri. Mm-hmm. They got uh, Torres. Yeah, Danny got, Almo. Yeah, they got a lot of young guys. Uh, the kid on um, Real Madrid, Asensio. Yes. Right? They got a lot of guys who are making some noise. Mm-hmm. And that's like a young team who... They're going to be a force. If not this World Cup, like I know they made the run in the Euro. Mm-hmm. That was like a little bit of a surprise. Not a lot of people saw that coming. Mm-hmm. But this is a team who I would bet money that in the next decade, they'll probably win a major tournament or at least get to yeah. the final. And Luis Enrique is one of the top managers. So so that would that would be cool to yeah. play like a Spain. I yeah. mean, the, the funnest one would probably be Brazil, but I don't want to get spanked because uh, I think Brazil I is coming. England. England? Yeah. Ah, England. I'm so sour. I know, them. but don't, wouldn't you want to... I'm going like, to bet on them again yeah. to win the World yeah. Cup, too, oh, like a fucking yeah, cause, idiot. Because I, I know you wouldn't want Argentina and Portugal because you respect the two goats. You want to mess with the, the, their last run. You want to kind of stay away from Messi or Ronaldo because this is their last one. Mm. So, But, uh, all right, Spain's a good pick. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll be praying every day to you the don't want France. Oh. No, no, no. <laughs> no you, can I give you a take about France? Okay. Is it possible... They check a lot of the boxes... For a team that might crash and burn at the World Cup, I mean, they just recently crashed and burned. Like that, what they did at the Euros was a colossal disappointment. It was, but yeah. they got out the group. I'm saying there's always a major favorite. There's always a top six favorite that don't make it out the group. We saw with Germany last time, and I think France. They've had the same core for a long time, though. A lot of those guys are young, and they're awesome. The coach has been there for a while. Yeah. We've seen it with France in the past. I I can't. I'm not buying it, but you, you want to make your case. I just think they're too talented. I think if there's a big team that will crash, it might be Belgium just because they're getting older and older. That's another team, yeah. too. Yeah. I think, I think they're slowly. Fading. Oh, that golden era is done. Like, yeah. there's. Yeah. Like, they're here still, but I. Slap I, me like Will Smith did if I bet Belgium. <laughs> there we go. All right. Slap me like that. And I won't have no response to, like, I'm Chris Rock. I'll be like, I don't know what just happened, bro. This, this Belgium is the, shit. It's the greatest moment in podcast history. Yeah. Just not going to happen. But I do think, you know what? Belgium more likely than France, uh-huh. but I'm telling you, one of these teams in pot one. Oh, it happens. It happens. Yeah. It happens all the time. Yeah. There's a team that that you're like, what the? How the hell did they? I'm, you said it, Germany. Yeah, and nearly happened Argentina last time. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully it doesn't. Because I think it's always a great experience when Argentina makes it. Right. I just feel like Argentina is that fun-loving team. Like you want them to succeed. You know, last World Cup, I thoroughly enjoyed watching them. You know, take their lumps. But I hope. I think the. Argentina's just one of those countries that uh, you kind of want to see make a run, especially given that this is Messi's last run. Man, it's a uh, it's a fun time. It's going to be fun yeah. next couple of seven months until November. Yeah, the heart of the football season. We'll be having right. World it's Cup. Crazy. It's yeah. exciting times. You, you know, uh, we're talking about these big countries, though. There's a uh, another country that somehow missed out for the second time. Bro, how how does that happen? I watched the full. I, I watched a full Italy North Macedonia game because a lot of my boys are Italian. Yo, they had like 32 chances on net. And 19 of them were deflected. It was the most gutsy defending you ever seen from North Macedonia. They had 16 corner kicks. <laughs> North Macedonia, their captain plays for Dinamo Zagreb. They have another player who plays for Dinamo Zagreb. They have another player who plays for Rijeka. So three of their star 11 players play in the Croatian League. And the Croatian League is one of the most middling European leagues. And it's just... I. Italy, at this point now, they've had 270 minutes in these playoff matches. against Twice against Sweden, once against North Macedonia. They've scored zero goals. Look, I love Italy, but I, I'll refuse to feel bad for them. You can't score one goal against teams you thoroughly should be beating. And as a Euro Cup champion. I know, yeah. That's just... That's... How does that happen? What are you, yeah. Greece? Only Greece does that. Yeah. Greece won the Euro in 04, didn't qualify for yeah. the World Cup. Legends. Like, that's that's awful. Yeah, and... 
Did the coach get let go? I feel like no, that's a Mancini, horrible... Man, they're going to keep Mancini around, which I was a little surprised about. And that's... When you're when you're Italy and you're not making the World Cup, that's a fireable offense. I guess they're kind of banking on... They're just going to totally rebuild now because mm. certain players like the Bonucci killing yeah, the Yeah, the defenders. Yeah, And yeah. Uh, a couple of players are... Yo, also, I've, I watch a lot of PSG. Donnarumma, I don't know what is up with him. What do you mean? He, you think he's just having a bad season? Because I think he I was, think he caught lightning in a bottle in that. I'm gonna say the Euros. He was uh, to me the, one of the biggest reasons why they won it. Like no, yeah, he, I think he won the, the shootouts. Yeah, no, but I think he won the best player of the tournament. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah, I think I'm he pretty, probably did. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, because I who remember else, it was like would stand out for Italy. Yeah, because it's like they obviously don't have a star goal scorer, and their midfield as great as it is, they don't have like a true playmaking midfielder. So you're probably right about Donnarumma, but man. Like they didn't even, the worst part about it, like they didn't even play Portugal. Like it would have been bad if Philly missed the World Cup, but at least go out to Portugal. Like, yeah, player part. of the tournament. He won oh, player of the tournament. Yeah. yeah. But the fact that we didn't even get to see two hundred fifty to one. Oh, oh man. <laughs> I mean, who would have thought, right? Yeah. The goalkeeper. That's kind of kind of random. To me, it's just man. Like they didn't even play Portugal in that game where everyone thought was going to be the huge playoff to settle it. That would have been a banger. Yeah. And because that game was in Lisbon. Uh huh. Because prior to the draw, they had established that the playing game was going to be in Portugal. Right. So. And then it would have turned out to be Italy, Portugal, but it wasn't. Yeah. So. And that game sucked too. When North Macedonia, like, they were, Portugal was having these chances. And then the moment. Once they scored one, it's like, okay. Yeah. It was like, yeah, all right, the floodgates so open there. That's it. But, uh, yeah, look, it's good for Portugal being in. But Italy, well, man, I just. This last thing, the question raises, like, do you miss out two World Cups for a Euro? Is it worth it? I don't think it is. I Yo, think missing out on a World Cup is just That might be one of the greatest questions you've ever asked. I mean, it was a popular question, but I just feel like even if you don't win the World Cup, just being there is such a significant thing. Would you give up two World Cups for a Copa America Euro Cup? I don't think so. If you're Italy... Probably no. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're like, if Croatia did that, would you? No. Would you be hype? You no. would be hype? No. Yeah, I think you're bullshitting, bro. No, the, like, expectations have risen highly in Croatia. Like, that's they fair. literally were in a World Cup final last that's time. That's fair. That's fair. Like, this team is building a uh, huge infrastructure where it's like, no, they expect to be in every tournament and they expect to compete. So it's like, I know Italy expects it too. But you don't think it, the magnitude of the nation has something to do with it? Like if you're Wales and you could win a Euro Cup and then you miss... The thing is, Wales hasn't made a World Cup in 50 years. I just think it's different. Like Croatia makes a World Cup practically every time. Like since Croatia has been an independent country, they've missed two tournaments, Euro 2000 and World Cup 2010. Mm. Besides that, they've been in every tournament. So like when you make a tournament every time, it's hard to have that conversation. Like for Wales, they don't make a lot of tournaments. Bro, I disagree with you so much, but you're swinging me on all your takes. I just think it also <laughs> depends. I just think it also depends on the country, though. Like I just—that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Croatia is not a good example because I think I genuinely think Croatia is borderline top ten, top twelve country in the world when it comes. To like Greece, Greece to yeah, win okay, a Euro totally Cup, different. yeah. Because, yeah. but yeah. but like France wouldn't. I don't think France would sign up for no, that. No, when you're a perennial, right? You so make, to, like I don't even think a team like Switzerland would, because Switzerland's always in tournaments. But they've never won one though. And they haven't come close. All right. Thing is, like, Croatia came close. That's right, why. Right, so, right. fine. All right. Switzerland, you can make a case for. Or even, like, a Sweden. You know Sweden's not in the World Cup. They, they lost to Poland. Uh, I think the magnitude of the country yeah, yeah. answers this question right. for you. Like, I think you look at some of the top European countries, and you look at Brazil and Argentina. Besides that, like, I, all right, here's a going. Uruguay. I'm not sure. I take a Copa, but then miss out on two World Cups? I would say yes. Okay. Because Uruguay, like, have they? They've made a couple core finals. They've, but they've finished in third. It was like the highest the year they had like four. Oh, two thousand ten. They lost Suarez. to Germany in that third place game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Remember Suarez? Yeah. Against Ghana, <laughs> grabbed the ball. That yeah. should have been the U.S. Yeah. But you know. Yeah. By the way, Ghana's back in the World Cup. Ghana gone is back yeah. in the World Cup. Well, U.S. and Ghana spark up that rivalry. <laughs> oh, dude, you gotta. Yeah. I feel like you have to for storylines. Yeah. Like that's, and and it might happen. Pot yeah. four. Pot right. four. It could even be a USA Canada too. That's possible as Ooh. well. I'm I'm really excited for Canada, by the way. Uh, I just think they're such a fun loving country. You know, good for Canada. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh I wanna stay on the topic of soccer real quick and then I wanna ask you a college basketball mm-hmm. thing because we got the final four mm-hmm. this weekend. Uh what'd you think of the lasers with most a lot? What like when are we gonna protect the players? When are we ever gonna evolve as a sport? Like 
How is that possible? Like, when can security be tightened up in these moments? We're talking about a World Cup playoff. And what's crazy enough is Egypt and Senegal literally played, I think, in the late African January. Cup of Nations. And it's just like, to quote Taylor Twelman, what are we doing? Yeah. But hold on. What about this? Like, you've seen, you've seen games and sporting events, mostly overseas, mm-hmm. where you'll see one laser, yeah. two at most. Bro, there was like... A lot of lasers in that. Nice, but I don't recall laser ha- happening during a penalty in the most crucial moment possible. We're talking about the it was the fifth penalty. No, I think he went first. Salah went first. Oh, he did. Okay, I I'm pretty sure it. he went sh- first. Yeah, I was watching that. Okay, you watch it. Okay, but still, it's a penalty shootout. Like, Yo, hold on, yeah. Salah, right? Yeah, devil's advocate. Don't take it. Yeah, wait. Be yeah. like, yo, bro. He's just—he's such a competitor. Like, and he's he, probably yeah. in the moment. He's I in a mentality because he, he's having a, another just insane season. Right, right, like, right. He just feels like he's indestructible. Right. Yeah. But to play devil's advocate, I'd probably be like, "Yeah, I'm not taking this shit yet." Players should stand up for themselves. I totally agree. And and I just, I, I don't and know then you have the referee blow the whistle yeah. and be like, I just don't know like how FIFA, PA announcement. especially like Africa had their playoffs. Like, why can't FIFA step in? Like, like how is this acceptable? How can you yeah. agree this and? It, you know what else I don't get? How does how does the the playing structure come down to Ghana, Nigeria, Egypt, Senegal, which is like the four best teams in Africa too? This is where they messed up on. Um, so they did the draw, or I think the FIFA had their pot sold in November. Meanwhile, the African Cup of Nations was in January, so things changed. Huh. So the African Cup of Nations was a real weird time. When in reality, yeah, so that so FIFA had pretty much their pots established by then. So, Interesting. Okay, so yeah. that because explains... because because I think the African playoffs they did it off FIFA rankings, mm-hmm. and it was already sold by November. They like like they already knew in November what the games were going to be in March. Meanwhile, they had a whole African Cup of Nations in between. So it's it's very awkward, and it's obviously unfortunate because now we don't get to see most a lot of the World Cup. Yeah, you get like Tunisia's in, Morocco's in. Well, Tunisia and Morocco made it last time, so I know they don't have the glamorous names, but just they've been there before. So I think Nigeria and Greece have always played each other in yeah. the World Cups. Nigeria's a big loss too. Nigeria's yeah, huge, those yeah. jerseys, man, those jerseys were the hottest thing. Oh for a bit. yeah, what that shit was fire, <laughs> yeah. bro. Uh, all right, enough about that. We'll talk about we'll talk about the World Cup draw sometime mm-hmm. next week mm-hmm. when we get an established mm-hmm. groups and whatnot. I want to ask you about the final four. Um, I've probably watched, I watched a lot of the Elite Eight because mm-hmm. uh, I fell into the St. Peter's run mm-hmm. and I thought that was really cool. Uh, the head coach I got behind because he was like, you know, we're from New Jersey and New York. Yeah. Like, you know, that's what we do. Yeah. And now he's staying in New Jersey. Got a big yeah, payday with Seton Hall. Seton Hall, yeah, yeah, good for him. And uh, it was cool. Like, it was the first time that a 15 seed went that far and everyone got behind uh, that team. Um, and I, I ended up dabbling a little bit financially in the tournament, mostly because I was just listening to like what Boss and Eric were telling mm-hmm. me because they actually watched the sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you make about the Final Four as someone that has consumed? Are the right teams in it? or All, all four teams have definitely earned it. There, there's, I know that they've earned it, yeah. but like, is it... Are they the best quality teams? Yeah. I mean, this tournament has been so insane. Like, if you told me what were the three best teams coming to the tournament, I would have told you it's... Kentucky, Arizona, Gonzaga, and all three crashed out badly. So uh, right now, like you can't knock Kansas. They've won every game pretty much convincingly. Uh, Duke has pretty much controlled their games. Michigan State gave them a little bit of a run, and Texas Tech as well. But I thought they they closed out the game. I think both games on like 12-0 runs or 12-2 runs. Like they they definitely won those games. You know, North Carolina, I know they're an eight seed, but they've won all their games pretty definitely. Even though that, that Baylor collapse would have been uh, Super Bowl-esque Falcons-Patriots fan. But they 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 pulled it out the end. So, And then uh, Villanova, just Villanova's a team that never beats themselves. They just play the most efficient style in basketball. It's not always pretty, but they win. And yeah, I, I think you look at all four Final Four teams, they thoroughly deserve it. And also Villanova, they've won a couple of titles the last couple of years. They've so made it is, Final Fours three out of the last seven years. Yeah, it's a team that's just there. To me, Jay Wright's just one of the best coaches in sports, period. He's incredible what he does. Because Villanova, who who's the best basketball player from Villanova? Probably Kyle Lowry, the most successful NBA-wise. Yeah. Like, you look at Duke, Kansas, North Carolina. You could just n- name a list of superstars. Right. North Carolina, you, I mean, Villanova, you can't really do that. Right, yeah. 
I mean, the first one I thought of was RCD Yakubone, and he's not like an <laughs> NBA guy, really. It's on the Knicks, I mean, though. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Lowry, he's had a damn good career. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Boss were at a bar one time. We were watching Villanova. And uh, I go, yo, who'd you bet on? He goes, never bet against the Arch in March. <laughs> and he was hammered. I was like, all right, man, if that's what we're going with. It's a hell of a boss quote. Cool. Yo, uh, I'm, I'm very excited for Duke UNC mm-hmm. because – I feel like the storylines are out of WWE. Like Vince McMahon wrote these storylines. Coach K in his last yeah. year, final four now for yeah. a national title on the right. line. You got to go up against your rival. It's a hell of a story. That is what yeah, everything yeah. is wrestling, right. bro. I'll be tuning into yeah. that shit. The only thing I'm saying is just like North Carolina fully deserves. Like people think North Carolina had a weak draw. I'm like, no. First off, people got to remember North Carolina was legit eight seed. There was a time period, I think, in late February, they were on the bubble. Like, they lost to a really bad pit team that got blown out by Wake Forest to even make the tournament by 20. Like, North Carolina was, at one point, like a 10-11 seed, but they they beat Duke, uh, Coach K's last home game, and that elevated them. They had a decent ACC tournament. Next thing you know, they're an 8 seed. And, look, they knocked off the former champs in Baylor. They beat UCLA. It was a really close game, but they beat another Final Four team. So they beat two of the four Final Four teams from last year to get this point. And look, St. Pierre's, they deserve to be there. So they beat St. Pierre's, okay, favorable matchup, but they did it and they mm. blew them out. So North Carolina absolutely deserves a beer. But you know, let's keep in mind, though, they are an eighth seed. And you know, they're still, like, I still think Duke's still a big favorite going into this because I think North Carolina, their guards are very inconsistent and they don't play the best defense. Then again, Duke doesn't play the best defense. Like, this game, I thoroughly expect to be 80s, potentially even 90s. Really? Yeah, like, this is a game. People love, you know, one of the things, biggest critiques about college basketball is how low scoring is. Like, some of these teams barely crack 50 points. This is a game where I fully expect both teams to crack 80 points. Fascinating you say that because I've been dabbling in unders a lot of games yeah. under, and it's been pretty successful. I like betting unders in the Final Fours because they start playing in the stadiums, and a lot of the players... Kansas Villanova is your game to go under. Yeah? Yeah, I'll say that. I, th- I think just... Duke has too many playmakers at North Carolina. They're big, and they dominate the class. They get a lot of second-chance opportunities, and they got shooters. Albeit their shooters are streaky. Like, uh, here's a good tidbit. Their guy, Brady Manick, legit looks like Heath Slater. Like, if you look Let's at go. him, he has like a, his beard's a little bigger, but he legit looks like the second- I got kids! <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, and you know what's crazy? He was in Oklahoma for four years. He actually played with Trey Young. And, oh, shit. And now he's on North Carolina. Wow. Car- yeah, no, he's like a fifth-year senior. And now he plays for North Carolina. He won his last year, and he's like one of their big sharpshooters. So I fully expect Duke, North Carolina, it's going to be a shootout. But I, if you, you know, ask me who I'm picking, I'm still picking Duke because I just think Duke has the more high end talent, and they just I, I think they're they're more effective when it comes to hitting threes. Because eventually, you you see these close games. It's a matter of who could shoot more, who who oh, shoots yeah. more efficiently, and Duke could do it. Oh yeah. I know that uh, UCLA-UNC game. I was just like, yo, I think UNC was like 3 of 27 from 3. Like, uh-huh. it was awful. And then they yeah. got hot yeah. last four minutes, and they Kale blew blow. that game open. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you got? You got Duke and... I think Duke-Kansas. Villanova just lost Justin Moore towards Achilles. Yeah. That's their second lead score. Villanova, they don't go deep. They go like seven deep. So, now they just lost one of the key players. I... I think college basketball depth is overrated, but when you lose literally your second lead score and you only have like a seven-man rotation, it could be a problem. And... Mm. You know, Kansas, even though this is one of, ironically, this is, I won't, I'm not going to call Kansas one of their weaker teams, but they, they don't have like a real big NBA prospect. Like, there's no lottery pick on Kansas. They're just effectively a well run team. So I, I do think Kansas are pretty big favorites, and I would expect Duke Kansas to be the final. Duke Kansas. Yeah. And you're saying under in the Kansas game, over in Duke. Yeah, I just think Villanova, I could see them struggling to score a bit, even though as, as good of a shooting team they are, and they do pass ball very well. It's just they lost a guy who averages about 16 a game, and they're not that deep. And Kansas play legit defense, so, hmm. yeah. And then who do you got winning the whole thing? I feel like it's written for it's, Coach K to win it, I right? Just, yeah, I just I got to go Duke. And, look, I'm fully, I'm with Big Cat. I hate Duke. Like, I'm with, you know, Big Cat is like, uh, I hate, like, I feel like that I hate Coach K bandwagon. Big Cat star that. Uh uh, so I'm fully with them with that, but I just think you know going to the tournament like Duke to me was the fourth team. Like if I didn't pick Arizona, like I do three brackets, I I was fully convinced like Kentucky and Gonzaga, and then Arizona, and like to me like Duke was the next pick. I was just really cautious about Duke because there's a lot of games this year 
they allow like 80 points. And I'm always cautious about bad defensive teams, but I just think they have too many playmakers and like Paulo's a stud. Like, you know, he's going to be a top five pick. And then you have Malik Williams, you have uh, Jeremy Roaches come on, you know, Wendell Moore is solid. Like they just have too balanced of a core. And I just think ultimately they have too much firepower for Kansas. You know, I would say Duke wins and America's going to be pissed off. I'm about everything that you just said. So well, you should have Boston Eric too. They're they're smart guys. <laughs> Although Eric, I know, Eric might get a little emotional. Yeah, he does a little bit. Uh, all right, man, this is good. Mm-hmm. This was fun. It was good to see you. I'm happy for you yeah. to circle back to how this conversation yeah. all started. This pod, mm-hmm. and let's uh, talk about my three favorite sports. You know, yeah, right. I do love NBA as well, but I do get a little more passionate about college basketball. But Football, soccer, basketball, that's everything. There you go. Yeah. Your podcast today. There we go. There we go. <laughs> and then we got a crazy UFC card the next week. Oh, yes. Which I, I know can't you're wait going. for that. Yeah. I've already put some bets in for that, yo. Yeah. Hit the hit the Patreon. Check out the Discord. The bet is in there already. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chumayev, the hype train is back. So yeah. I know you love Gilbert Burns. Love Gilbert Burns, yeah. man. Yeah. There's a lot of fighters that I like on that card. Yeah. Korean Zombie 2 is dope. Mm-hmm. Um, Yan. Peter Yan is a yeah. savage man. That's it's like a, he's one of the most menacing fighters to ever like, and he's only what 135 pounds. My uh, shout out to my guy Bo Bo Templin. I had him on the pod. He did a he did a show once with John Anik. Oh, nice. And he asked Anik like, "Who's?" I'm gonna butcher this question, Bo. I apologize, but he was like, basically the the meat of that question was like, "Who's a better fighter in person mm-hmm. than they are on TV?" Oh, that's a cool question. And Anik was like, Peter Yan. Damn. Like, yo, him in person, it doesn't do it justice. Wow. And I feel that way about Usman, seeing Usman in mm-hmm. person. I was just like. You get a different view, different perspective. Yeah. He looks like, he looks big on TV, but in person, you're just like, what the fuck? And I've seen Francis in person, uh-huh. too. I saw him fight Stipe the first time in Boston. Right. I went to that. Man, that was like. Some fighters are just different. Yeah, man, just different, bro. Uh, where can they find you on Alan Sturk, A-L-L-E-N-S-T-R-K. At Nick Day's Tenors, you can find me at Veterans Minimum, everything for the show. Leave a rating, a review, tag us on social media that you're listening to the show. We'll repost it. I want to start doing that. I need you guys to help build out the show, get more eyes and ears on it. And a lot of it is word to mouth from you legends that listen to the show. And uh, yeah, man, I'm really excited for some of the stuff coming out. And we will tell you, we'll talk to you guys next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.